Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Josh Neighbors here, Neighborhood Watch. On today's show, I recorded something last week at Big 12 Media Days talking about Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Two schools that I think some folks could see in the Big 12 championship game or schools that folks could see having some disappointing seasons this year. Brent Venables and Mike Gundy are in two very different positions, but a little bit of heat and a lot of questions are being asked of them this year. I kind of dive into them, the conversations being had about them last week and also moving forward this season. The Oklahoma schools, the most interesting state in the Big 12 this year, could it be Oklahoma? That's coming up on today's show. Josh Neighbors here at Neighborhood Watch on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network, live here from Big 12 Media Days, day number two, last show coming to you all from Big 12 Media Days here in Arlington, Texas, Cowboy AT&T Stadium, I want to say Cowboy Stadium, <laughs> AT&T Stadium here. It's been a great event, a great two days. Coaches moving through, we just had on the Big Channel 365 Sports, Gus Malzahn stopped by with the guys. Make sure you guys check out the main channel, 365 Sports. All these interviews with coaches, players from across the Big 12, not just the Baylor Bears. Obviously, plenty of Baylor Bear content there as well, too. But plenty of the coaches, Joey McGuire stopped by, uh, as did we just saw Gus Malzahn stop by, too. So plenty of guys coming by, stopping by. Check that out in the main channel. Make sure you all subscribe to Crystal Ball College Football. That is where you all can find the neighborhood watch. Five days a week, Big 12 coverage. Five-plus days a week, I should say. Nobody covers the league uh, like we do over here at the neighborhood watch follow us on twitter at nwpod365 you guys can find me at josh neighbors underscore so brent venables making the rounds right now oklahoma players making the rounds right now as well oklahoma state they had their media availability yesterday that's where today's show is going to go the state of oklahoma one of the more compelling places that this season of big 12 football will take place obviously the oklahoma sooners on their way out of the big 12 conference in the year 2024 after this 2023 season. Oklahoma State will be a remaining member of the Big 12 Conference. There's a whole lot to do about that relationship. Mike Gundy put it pretty plainly yesterday when he said, look, Bedlam not happening anymore because of Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. That's why it's not happening. And to be honest, he's correct. That is why Oklahoma and Oklahoma State will not be playing any longer, is that Oklahoma is leaving and Oklahoma State did not want to oblige them by making one of their games a you know the Bedlam game. And I think Oklahoma State, the folks there, feel pretty uh, strongly about that. They don't want to change their tune on that. And I don't think that will change now. You know, I've heard folks were actually situated near some of the Kansas folks here on the media row, the radio row, and some of them have likened it to the Missouri and the Kansas uh, situation of a Missouri Tiger. It was great to see Mizzou and KU get back together 
in basketball once again. I think there's a big question about will that happen again for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Now, I do think time does heal all wounds. I think there is a good chance that we do see those two teams tangle at some point in time down the road. Obviously, there's a chance for bowl games for it to happen. There was a chance for it to happen in an NCAA tournament setting for both men's and women's basketball. Same thing. I mean, I would not be shocked to see Oklahoma and Oklahoma State meet up once again in softball as well, baseball too. Plenty of opportunities there for them to play, but in terms of an actual scheduled contest, from what we've heard from Mike Gundy, the head coach at Oklahoma State, it feels like as long as he is the head man there, that game is not going to be played and won't be played scheduled at least for a very, very long time. And I, I doubt that you'd find them advocating for those two teams to meet up in a bowl game as well. I don't think you want to see uh, you're going to see that you know them clamoring for that to go down. So. I think that is a backdrop to this, the fact that Bedlam is going to be ending um, this season. It's the last year we're going to get Bedlam, obviously, with it being the last year that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are in the Big 12 together. But as, as far as it goes for these two schools, I was talking to some of the folks here at 365 before we got going about, hey, look, like where are both of these programs right now? When it comes to the remaining school, Oklahoma State would start with them first. Mike Gundy, his team has had plenty of turnover, whether it be coordinators, whether it be coaches. Uh, or, you know, also uh, with the, the roster as well, uh, quarterback position. It all kind of started last year. The cracks were there when we saw the Spencer Sanders situation uh, dissolve, devolve, whatever word you want to use. It sounded like Spencer Sanders did express some interest in returning to Oklahoma State. By all accounts, I know Robert Allen has, has told us this when I was over on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio. He said, look, it sounded like Mike Gundy at that point in bowl practice said, no, we're going to move ahead with the quarterbacks that we have. We don't want Spencer Sanders back here at Oklahoma State. And so it sounds like, you know, it was, he was told to go elsewhere. And it's upsetting, I think, because I'm a huge Spencer Sanders fan. I was a big fan of his game. Love the fact that he was able to kind of, uh, you know, improve as a player despite all the talent that he had. He really just a guy who had to improve in decision making, uh, you know, cutting out the mistakes and, and leadership. It looks like he did. He gave a full career to Oklahoma State. Now he's at Ole Miss. And now he's kind of in the fray of a quarterback competition with multiple guys there. Not really sure if he's going to be the guy. But that situation, obviously, I mean, it feels like Spencer Sanders should still probably be at Oklahoma State. He should still be the quarterback, but he's not anymore. Plenty of skill position players to replace. Uh, Alan Bowman is going to be the quarterback next year. Then there's concerns about how healthy is he going to be, how good is he going to be, as well as this a guy that we really depend on, uh, you know, depend on on the game-to-game -game basis uh, to, to kind of perform at a level that even Spencer Sanders performed at. Can they get that kind of performance out of a guy like that? And then across the offense, you know, they've had a lot of guys in the offensive line that have done pretty well that they'll bring back. But skill position players, there is some replacing to do. Brennan Presley does come back, <coughs> excuse me, which is big for them. Running backs, there is uh, a group of guys as well, uh, you know, that they're having to replace and some new folks coming into a mixture on both fronts for them there. A whole lot to do. And then on defense, a whole lot of guys coming in to replace a defense that was hit or miss last year, but mostly felt like there was some missing on the defensive end of things for them last year. And it really does beg the question about Mike Gundy and his personality and the way that he seems to treat the players, the way he seems resistant to things like NIL and kind of the way college football is changing, the way college sports are changing. And look, we saw this in college basketball too. We saw coaches like Coach K. Uh, like Roy Williams, like Jay Wright, all step aside 
you know, when, when kind of the game was passing them by in a way. Bob Huggins, I think it was fair to say that, you know, uh, I made this comment before, I'll make it again, uh, not covering himself in glory and not seeming like somebody who is the type of guy who should be coaching young people and trying to cultivate them as people in the year 2023. Didn't seem like he was too cut out for that at this point in time, despite the fact of what players were saying. I, it'd be tough to sell me on that idea. And so Mike Gundy, you know, I know that he has had some slip-ups here in the recent past. And there's some questions can be asked of, all right, you know, we know he's a good coach. We know the coaching job he did back in the 2021 season where he adopt, uh, adapted rather that roster, you know, and kind of said, all right, we're good at running the football. We are good at playing defense. Let's play to those strengths. Let's ask Spencer Sanders to do as little as possible across the board, uh, you know, not little as possible, just make certain plays. That's the way that they were winning. That's the way they got things done. And I love the fact that he's able to adapt that. Can they adapt this roster to whatever this group does well? And I think we're excited to see what does this group do well? What does this Oklahoma State team find themselves doing well? And can they make sure they continue to do that? Yeah, they had a, another bowl season last year. They had another 7-5 and five year, the 4-5 and five year in the Big 12. Things started off well for them. They ripped off five straight wins, but obviously things changed in that TCU game where they had a pretty substantial lead, gave that lead away, and ended up losing that game. And I believe it was double overtime. Uh, and they lost an OT, uh, you know, regardless. Having that result there, they kind of flipped their season. Spencer Sanders injured. They end up losing, uh, you know, the rest of the way, another four games. They, you know, they go four and whatever it was. They go three and four down the rest of the stretch for them, or two and four, whatever it was. Injuries hit them on the back end. They've got to retool this roster. And so I think there are a lot of questions about Mike Gundy. Where does he put his foot in the ground? Will it be a stylistic put his foot in the ground? Will it be a uh, roster management putting his foot in the ground? Will it be an NIL putting his foot in the ground? You might even say when it comes to NIL, putting his foot in his mouth in some senses. You know, where will that take, uh, how does that take form? Because to me, he's still the best coach in the Big 12. But I, I believe that there are some cracks there in the armor in terms of like what Mike Gundy is as a football coach, the things that make him so strong. Can he make sure he adapts himself in the areas he needs to to continue to be the high-level coach that we know he is? Once again, what he has accomplished at Oklahoma State is remarkable. He has built, I think Josh Pate said it pretty well, a kind of almost a Wisconsin down in Oklahoma, the way they have success, the way they hit 10 wins seasons, going to New Year's Six Bowls, eight, nine, ten wins. He is a consistent winner. Going to the postseason as often as they do, they've got some serious questions there. And I'm excited to see how he how he tries to answer them. I'm skeptical with a quarterback like Alan Bowman. Um, some of these guys out of the portal you'd think might hit. Not all of them, obviously. And so Oklahoma State, a lot of questions to be answered, but I hope to get Ari Temkin over from Sirius XM on the one vote for Oklahoma State to finish first place in the Big 12 this year came from Ari Temkin. He has no problem sharing his thoughts. And he talked about, hey, this is a wide open league. It's a league that anybody can win year to year. Now, the problem is for me, you know, I can't, there's, a, there's a few other teams. I'd pick Baylor, TCU. Schools like that before I would pick an Oklahoma State to go and win this conference in 2023. Uh, Ari might end up being correct, but look, once again, some cracks in the armor it feels like when it comes to Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Are, are we kind of wrong for seeing it this way? Will he prove us all wrong? He's done it before, so I'm excited to see what happens there. Then let's go Oklahoma now. So this team, it's, it's incredibly interesting because, it, you know, if you talk about the, the legacy of Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12 Conference, 
Oklahoma's legacy is that of, you know, they might not be the brand Texas is. They are a strong brand for sure. They don't not, may not be the brand the Texas Longhorns are. But what they are is they, they were the winner. Out of those two schools, they were more consistently winning the league. They had the national championship. They have the national championship. Out of anybody in the Big 12 conference, that is theirs. They claim that they own that. But things have changed, right? Bob Stoops is no longer there anymore. Lincoln Riley, no longer there anymore. Brent Venables, who obviously has an Oklahoma, Oklahoma ties, is one of the best coordinators that we have seen in college football full stop in the last decade, maybe the best coordinator in college football the last 10 years. And he's answering questions right now going and doing that. He's got plenty of questions to answer this year. Good news for him, he gets quarterback and Dylan Gabriel back, who's got plenty of experience. He gets a coach in Jeff Lebby, who has now had multiple years coaching that quarterback, albeit at a different school, but one year at Oklahoma, then also at UCF. He coached him as well. So he's got an experienced signal caller. They've got a lot to replace and in terms of the skill positions. They don't, you know, they've got guys who have played, but not the number one guys that they had in the past. They've got to replace those, those folks. The good news for them is they've still recruited at an incredibly high clip. A very high level but they've got a lot to fix specifically for them the defensive end that defense last year you know whether it be the Kansas game and they won that game sure too the Baylor game they've got a lot that they have to address and look for Oklahoma they might win eight nine games this year they win let's just say they go eight and four and they miss out in the Big 12 title game they go take your pick nine and four with the bowl win eight and five with the bowl loss or however you want to spread that out um, what is the conversation? Because for them, like you don't expect them to then go to the big, the, the SEC and start looking like old Oklahoma. No, there is an adjustment period for them to go to the Southeastern Conference and go and play that full SEC schedule. And so you have to. I mean, you know, I think Brent Venables deserves plenty of time to see what he can do here. The recruiting, once again, still at a really high level, and I think that you trust that. Brent Venables, you know, is going to fix the one thing that has ailed Oklahoma teams in the past. Alex Grinch's defense, they were not good enough. I was at that Peach Bowl. I saw OU in 2019. I saw them run up against the guys that LSU had on that offensive line. They were no match. At no point were they going to be a match. That game was a foregone conclusion. I mean, not the way that it went down, but the result was a foregone conclusion before those teams really stepped on the field, much like maybe TCU and Georgia was this year. Foregone conclusion on that front in terms of the result. So what can Brent Venables do to fix that unit? They've heard about the tackling that they're doing in practice, a bit more uh, violent, I guess the word you can use, but a bit more active practice in that realm. I think there's uh, a lot of questions to be asked about, you know, like, okay, what is the talent going to look like uh, now that it is their guys, that they're replacing this many guys? You know what's happening? I was just speaking with Eli Letterman, who covers them for the Oklahoman. He said, look, only 21 guys left that were Lincoln Riley's scholarship guys. Only 21 of them are left on this roster. So the excuses about these aren't our guys, this isn't our team, those are starting to go by the wayside just a little bit for Brent Venables and company at Oklahoma. They're starting to get their players and they're starting to get their personnel in. And also, too, people really seem to like the schedule this year for them. Right? This is a schedule that, that it appears to be uh, a bit easier than it has been in the past. Uh, you know, When you talk about what they have this year at Tulsa, at Cincinnati, right, are the road games. They play Texas, obviously, in Dallas, at Kansas, at Oklahoma State, at BYU. You. Those are not incredibly difficult games on the road. Oklahoma State, it's a rivalry game, great, but they've had Oklahoma State's number as of late. I know that Oklahoma State got them in 2021, but historically, Oklahoma has gotten the better of them in that contest, in that game. So, think about Bedlam, think about these two schools. So many questions for them to answer. Brent Venables, I'm curious because that program is going to go to the SEC. 
And much like Texas, you know, Oklahoma could win the conference this year. They could. I don't feel strongly about that, uh, especially the year that we saw. I mean, a first losing season since I was an infant child, right, in the late 90s. Uh, that, that happened for Oklahoma this year. But maybe they could go from the 6-7 and seven all the way to a 10-2 and two with this schedule, right? When you look at it, there's really no block in it that's super difficult. I mean, their toughest stretch in this schedule is uh, – double check on I'm looking at Oklahoma State schedule all of a sudden. Flipped the wrong schedule. Um, Look at Oklahoma's schedule, right? People seem to think, all right, this is a, a good result, a good draw for them. If you all know me, you, you guys know I like to break this thing up into quads, right? Where is that? Where is the tough three game? Where is that tough four game stretch coming for Oklahoma this year? You don't really see it, right? I mean, Iowa State, Texas, UCF, sure, maybe. Texas, UCF, Kansas, at Kansas, maybe. Is it that at Kansas State? No, there's really no difficult four game stretch. Now, they do have three of four on the road, October 28th, all the way through November 18th. They play three road games, but they're playing at KU, a team they crushed last, or didn't even crush, but a team they are they are much more talented than. Then they've also got on the road at Oklahoma State, once again, a team they've handled very well. And then at BYU, a newcomer, where will those teams be at that point of the season is a big question. So both of those schools have their work cut out in front of them. Do I think both uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have their same coaches heading in 2024? Yes, I think they will have those. But look, it, it's not out of the realm poss a possibility to think that some more questions are going to be asked of them. And maybe in a way it says, all right, put up or shut up in 2024 for two guys that feel like they might get some time. Brent Venables maybe a bit hotter than others, obviously uh, hotter than Gundy's because of the success that he's had at, you know, uh, Mike Gundy. I mean, he has got so much sustained success. Uh, you know, Brent Venables does not have that luxury, but um, I think there's a chance that, that, that the seat could warm on both of these guys if they have unsatisfactory seasons. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. You guys can find me at JoshNeighbors underscore. Make sure you all subscribe to College Football Crystal Ball. Like the videos, tap the bell for notifications, leave your comments as well. Leave us some questions that we can answer in a mailbag episode coming up next week. Uh, thank you all for following along all of our coverage from Big 12 Media Days. Till next time, folks.